you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, it's great to see all of you came back another time today. Amen. It's good to see you back in the house of the Lord tonight. And we welcome all of you to the house of the Lord. Look at somebody close to you and say, hey, you're looking good tonight. <laughs> I don't know why that made some of you smile so big when you had to say that. I don't know. I'm not going to go there tonight. We should be helping to build up and encourage one another. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And uh, I'll allow you to be seated for just a moment, and then I'm going to draw your attention to what I want to preach tonight. But uh, I'd like to say we need to continue to pray for Paige and Amanda, and uh, they are on the AYC trips, and so we need to be praying for them. And uh, they're, they're getting some great experience being able to work on, uh, in foreign countries and to minister there and to be able to pray and see souls receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so I'm so glad that both of these young ladies were able to go on this AYC trip. And I think it's excellent. Those that are going to youth camp this year, this year, if you're going to go down to youth camp at all and you'll be there at all, I need to meet with you as soon as service is over so we can talk for just a few moments. We'll meet back here in this back prayer room behind the baptismal area. So if you will come and meet me back there, that would be outstanding. So hopefully see you as soon as service is over. I will be there as soon as I can. All those that are going to youth camp. Uh, so great to have all of you in the house, Lord. We, I hope you're looking around and seeing those that are missing. There are people on vacation, some that are sick and different stuff. So it's that time of year again. So I want you to be praying for them while they're out of town and uh, that you hold them up in prayer. It was great to have Bruce and Sarah with us this morning. It's great to have Bruce back with us again tonight. So Bruce, we welcome you. So glad you are here. So glad you are here. He told me he's... I was raised there in the San Jose area there and remembers when the airport was just, uh, they didn't even have commercial planes there. I said, that's interesting, that's where I'm flying into this week in San Jose. So maybe that's the Lord that's brought you here. <laughs> so it's great to have you here with us in the house of the Lord. I want to draw your attention to one verse of scripture. It's going to be in the Old Testament, the book of Judges. And we're going to get right into the word of the Lord, Judges Judges chapter 1 is where I want to draw your attention. One interesting verse of scripture here. In very, very powerful verse of scripture. Judges chapter 1, I want to, for you to look at just verse number 19. But you might want to put your finger there or put something in your Bible because we will be going back to look at context and look at some other verses there. But I just want to, to begin the message tonight, look at verse number 19. Judges 1 and verse number 19, where the Lord says this, And the Lord was with Judah. That's a very comforting statement, I believe, is to know that the Lord is with you. Can I get an amen? amen? But then it says, And he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain. But this is an interesting thing. But could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots. Of iron. It's a very interesting and, and intriguing verse that we find here in Judges. Again, one more time, you see how this thing starts? It says, and the Lord was with Judah. Now, the word of God is perfect, and we know that when it states that the Lord was with Judah, the Lord was with Judah. <laughs> no questions there. So that's something that's not open for discussion or debate. 
And then it says, and he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain. Everybody say mountain. But could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. Tonight when they begin their worship time, I want to say I thank the Lord for their song tonight. They sang, their first song they sang was, God Maybe God's talking to us tonight. God is fighting. God is. And then it says, and God is. And the Lord was with Judah. Guess what? It's, God is just not a God of the Old Testament. God is a God of 2019. So if God could be with Judah in the Old Testament, God can be with the palace of praise and you and I in 2019. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. You may say, well, you're an interesting title you've got tonight. Yeah, I do have an interesting title. It's this, get ready for the big one. Now, how many of you have ever heard that statement before? Get ready for the big one. And what do most of us, our minds immediately start connecting that to? Bingo. Earthquake. The minute we hear that, hear that statement, the big one, we think, ooh, it's an earthquake and everything. I'm not preaching about an earthquake tonight. But I am going to preach about get ready for the big one, folks. Tonight, again, I want you to repeat after me. Get ready for the big one. Say that with me. See the phrase starting in this verse says, the Lord was with Judah. And that phrase, if you look in the scripture, it is not qualified or explained because it is just a clear statement that says, the Lord was with Judah. There are no limitations on it. There is nothing that is putting God inside of a box. It says, God as the Almighty, all his power, all his ability, was with Judah. It simply states that the Lord was with Judah and if God is with us, I can't hear you. If God is with us, who can be against us? Before the children of Israel fought their first fight, God had already provided with them with a promise. Exodus chapter 23 and verse number 31, this is what we find, God giving them a promise before we ever got over to Judges chapter 1. Exodus 23 and verse number 31 states this, And I will set the bounds from the Red River, even Red Sea, even unto the Sea of the Philistines, and from the desert unto the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and thou shalt drive. Everybody say, thou shalt drive. Thou shalt drive them out before thee. Was not God big enough to drive these folks out in Judges chapter 1? Yes, absolutely. God can do anything that he wants to do. But in Exodus 23, God said he would do his part and drive some people out 
But there were some things that were going to be required of the people of God. God made it clear that they had some responsibilities and they had a part in the fight. God delights in empowering his people to complete the task and instead of doing it all himself. Can I hear an amen? See, in our scripture text, we find the children of Judah was unable to drive out a certain group of people. We read, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. Now, that last phrase is an interesting statement when you look at the scripture as a whole. Chariots of iron. Now, just wait a minute. Has anybody heard about the walls of Jericho? How, how about the Red Sea? So when we start putting those in perspective with the walls of Jericho and the Red Sea, uh, the chariots of iron then wasn't the real issue. Because if God could cause the walls of Jericho to fall down and had no problem with that, and if God could part the Red Sea, then I don't think that a chariots of iron were really a big deal to my God. Can you agree with that? It was not the chariots of iron, but it was the effect the chariots of iron had on God's people that hindered them from being able to take the valley like they took the, the mountain. The tactic that's being used by people today is intimidation. It's what the enemy is using against the church and the people of truth. Releasing donors' names to intimidate them with fear, folks, is trying to drive his people or even people that want to stand for truth. Not everybody who's those donors are doing that, but it shows you how the tactics that they are using to try to intimidate certain people, folks. It's the same thing that is happening to the church. It's not the chariots of iron, but it's the effects. The effects of things on the minds of the people of God. If God can destroy the walls of Jericho and part the Red Sea, then he can destroy a few iron of ch chariots of iron. Do you agree with that? It wasn't the iron, but it was the fear that limited, limited their victory. Our greatest enemy is ourself, not the devil, not the people that are going against us. The devil cannot stop the church nor his people. Amen. Come on. There is no person on the face of the earth that can stop truth from marching on. Truth will always march on. Truth will always be victorious. But God can't be stopped, church. God cannot be defeated, but we can limit ourselves. Fear is stopping the church. Fear of failure, fear of, of rejection. Fear is what's putting the church in a box and keeping us from doing what God wants us to do. We too often let the enemy win without even a fight. You can say amen there. We could win the fight, but we choose not to fight because of what we see or we hear. See, those chariots of iron, <laughs> those chariots of iron, it had an effect on the mentality of the people of God. See, fear is a lack of faith. 
Fear is a lack of faith. And if we can believe God, we can see anything done. But if we don't believe God, then there's the other side of the coin too that faith is what moves God. Can I get an amen? Faith is what moves God. But if the church is bound by fear and that's a lack of faith, then we have a lack of believing God can do some things. We are, are we living in the last days? Are we living in the last days? Then Jesus asked this question. He said, in the last days, would he find faith on the earth? It's in your book, folks. It's what the Bible says. We are being affected by our environment. We're being affected by what we hear and even in the media and the news. We're affected what we hear on the radio, what we're even seeing broadcast everywhere on bulletin boards and down in downtown Portland, the lifestyles we are seeing and the things that are seeing. It is affecting the way the church sees things and sees how God can do things, folks. It is casting fear into us because when people are trying to stand for truth, even here in Portland, they're getting hit with baseball bats. They're getting stuff thrown on them. Folks, it's creating an atmosphere of fear and intimidation in his people. God does not want us to be ruled by fear. He wants the church to be full of faith. It may be the last days, but that's still no excuse for the church to have a lack of faith in our God, folks. Can somebody shout amen? What's the thing that can hinder the progress of the church? The children of Israel had already been promised the promised land, folks. God had already worked miraculously. So then tell me, what stopped God? It was simply their fear and lack of faith. We can all at some time in our life have fear and a lack of faith. Can somebody say amen? But one individual in the Bible made this statement. He said, I believe. Come on, you know it. I believe. Church, we need God to help us. We need God to help us. Lord, I believe, but God, there are so many things that are affecting my mind mentally. There's so many things that are coming against us in the spirit realm. God, this flesh cannot make it without you, God. I believe, but God, help my unbelief. God, help me not to see things the way my flesh wants to see them, but God, help me to see them through your word, see them through your spirit. I want to see things the way you see, God, because I know, God, when you look down, you say, I can do anything that you want me to do. I can do all things because I have power in heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Our minds are being affected by what we see in media and everywhere else. Faith, folks, can move mountains. It's in the Bible. And the Lord is with his people. That's in the Bible. We are quick to forget what God has done for us. Think about this. Look at what God did while the children of Israel looked on. Exodus 14. Exodus 14. Exodus 14 and verse number 24 we start. The children of Israel. This is the children of Israel that is also being addressed in Judges. Some of them have passed away because at a certain age God said those people are not going to go into the promised age, but promised land. But I still believe there were some of those little those guys that are now older were probably kids that watched that, and if they didn't, then I guarantee they heard the story of what happened. But look at this. 
Wait a minute. There's chariots of iron. Seriously? And what's your point? Because look at Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 24. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the plow, pillar of fire and of cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. That's our God, folks. That's the God that was with Judah. Now look at this. <laughs> verse 25. Yeah, you're reading it right now. And God took off their chariot wheels. <laughs> Folks, this is a Bible. I'm just giving you the Bible. The Bible says, and God took off their... <laughs> God literally, according to the scripture, took the wheels off the chariots of the Egyptians. If that's true, and it is, how effective is a chariot of iron when it has no wheels? It has no effect whatsoever. And if our God can do it one time for them, God can do it again for them. The only thing is we got to believe God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he can do it for them, he can do it for us. He can do it for everybody, folks. We serve a mighty God. Can somebody shout amen? amen? Hear me today, folks. If those chariots have their wheels off, God then can make them so they are of none effect. All they are is just a big old blop of iron parked in the field that can't be used for anything. My God can take away the very tools of the enemy. My God can take away the things he's attacking the church with because my God is in control, folks. Hey, we need to quit being intimidated by the enemy of our soul because God is greater than the enemy of our soul. God can take away his weapons. God can take away the things he's using against us. Oh, somebody shout amen if you believe me tonight. Hallelujah. But I believe God decided not to do everything for them. See, they stopped too soon. They didn't allow God the opportunity to be able to take the wheels off because they stopped without a fight. I'm afraid we are too often running into a corner and hiding because the enemy goes, boo. Because the enemy shows us something or he reveals something and we see how he's working in certain situations and we back up and we don't even give God a chance to reveal his power. We don't even give God a chance to pull the chariot wheels off. Hey folks, we need some people of the apostolic movement that is not intimidated, is not scared, and when you see the enemy starting to take a stronghold in your family, don't back up, back up and say, hey, I don't think God's big enough. No, you need to start praying. You need to start fasting. You need to start claiming some things in the Holy Ghost because God is more than able. Somebody shout amen. I'm here to tell you tonight, folks. God is able to send us an influx of souls at the palace of praise. Can somebody say amen? 
God isn't just going to give us a revival though. He's just not going to put them on our doorstep. We are going to have to want revival more than anything else in the world. We're not going to be able to be intimidated and have revival. we got to have faith in God. Not only do we forget what God has done, but we are also quick to forget His promises. I'm not talking about general promises. I'm talking about some very specific promises. I'm not talking about general promises as one promise fits all kind of promises. I'm talking about some very specific promises. There's people sitting in this house. God has given you some very specific promises and spoken his word into your life. Don't let go of God's promises and don't forget about his promise. I don't care if you see the chariots of iron. Don't forget the promises that God has given to you. You say, where does that come in? Oh, Judges 1. Let's look at Joshua. I'm not going to preach much longer. Joshua 17. Joshua chapter 17. Can you look there? Joshua chapter 17 and 17. See, God, he's pretty smart. Did you guys know that? He's a pretty smart guy. He, he knows a lots of stuff. He sees a lots of stuff. Joshua 17 and verse 17 says this, And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only. And look what the first statement says, But the mountain shall be thine. That's a promise, specifically. He didn't say, the victory will be yours. He said, but the mountain shall be thine. He said, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine. For thou shalt drive out the Canaanites. <gasps> what? Hundreds of years before Judges 1. <laughs> Woo! See, church, did you see the promise of the Lord? He said, though, though they have chariots, iron chariots, and though they be strong, God in his promise had already included the iron chariots. Why did jo Joshua speak these words? Because God already knew what they would face. You hear me? Hundreds of years before they're going to face the chariots of iron, he gives a word by the man of God and says, I'm going to give you victory. Oh, and let me put this in for a later date for you to be able to draw on my promises. I don't even care if there are chariots. I'm a God who can overcome them, and I can see they're coming, and I'm going to give you a promise now. You're going to overcome even those things that are going to give you problems mentally. Can I tell somebody tonight, God sees everything from the beginning to the end. When God gives us a promise, it's not qualified, folks. See, God already knew what they were going to face. Are you ready for this? God already knew what they would struggle with in doing his will. So God gave them a word before they ever faced the chariots of iron. Read in verse number this. I want you to read. I read verse number 19 of Judges 1. Now I want to read you two more verses. The two verses right before that. Judges verse 17 says this. And Judah 
went with Simeon his brother and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited Zephon and utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was Hormah. Also Judah took Gaza with the coast thereof. And Escalon with the coast thereof. And Ekron with the coast thereof. Man, God's... Hello? And then we get down to verse number 19. And the Lord was with Judah, and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountains. Verse 17 and verse 18 gives details of the victories of the children of Judah. Not just one victory, not just one area, but folks, several victories in different locations. And verse 19 begins, and the Lord was with Judah. Duh! How in the world do you think they won all those other victories if God wasn't with them? God was with them from the beginning and God was going to be with them to the end. They just had to trust God. But the next phrase is really important. He drave out the inhabitants of the mountains. See, the mountains were considered a place of the stronghold. Not the valley. Hear me, church. The mountains was the place of the stronghold, not the the valley. It was easier to defend and hold once it was established as a stronghold. It was a place that provided a good view of anyone that would be approaching. It put the enemy at a disadvantage if they were going to go up and take down someone that would have established himself in the mountain. Yet, it was in the stronghold where God gave them the victory. Why? Because God was doing something more than just giving them a single victory. But he was building faith through the victories he was giving them along the way. That's the reason why you have the first victory. Then you have the second victory. And you have the third victory and the fourth victory and the fifth victory. What was he doing? Every victory should have been building faith in them. Every victory should have said, hey, look what we did. We did. Now we can do this. Look what God gave me. Now I can do this. Each one should have built up. Then God sees the iron chariots and he says, okay, now I'm going to have to really build faith in them. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give them the stronghold or the hardest place it should be for them to win. I'm going to give it to them. So he leads them to the mountain and the Bible says he drave them out of the mountains. Can somebody see what I'm saying here tonight? God was building faith in them to realize nothing is too big for God if you will believe God for these. Those victories were faith building opportunities. Why? Because God was getting them ready for the big one. God has always done unbelievable things. Sister Alverson was here this morning with her granddaughter. Do you know how many months and years we've been praying that her son would let that granddaughter come to this church? A long, long, long time. Guess who was here this morning? That granddaughter was in the house of God. That is an answer to prayer, folks. God touched his heart. God gave him, uh, touched him so he would give permission to allow his daughter to be in the house of God. God has already done great things. God is still doing great things. God is doing marvelous things in our life every day, folks. Hey, what are some of the victories that God has given you in the recent days and months? 
We've seen so many things happening right here at the Palace of Prayer. We have seen God bless people and provide financial. We've seen people healed in their body. We've seen God bring people back to God. And we're scratching our heads and saying, wow, God, look what you are doing. God is doing so many things. And God has been doing these things. You know why? Because I believe God is getting the church ready for the big one. God is getting the church ready for an influx of souls and revival at the Palace of Pray. I believe these things that God has been doing is not just blessings, folks. It is building faith in us so we can believe God. He can do anything He wants to do. Come on. You know what God wants you to do? Some of you need to turn around and look back the last few months and the last few years and see the miraculous things God has already done in your life. There's people in this house, you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the miraculous working of the power of God in your life. You would have never made it this last year in the midst of your spiritual battle. So I know for a fact, my God has been working far and above what we can even comprehend with our minds. Folks, we serve a mighty God. If God can give us one soul, if God can give us two souls, if God can give us three souls, then we need to get ready for the big one. We need to get ready for 10, 20, 30, 40. We need to see an influx of a lots of souls into the kingdom of God. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout it to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm not going to preach anymore. Hear me, church. We need to start building on what God has already done instead of forgetting what God has already done. Why are you here, Sister Morgan? Did you have cancer? You had cancer. You still here? Look back. It's not you, it's not doctors, it's God. It's the only reason why you were here. Look at some of you around here, and I've sat down and talked to some people that are sitting in this house, and they said to me, Pastor, I don't think I'm going to make it. You don't understand the battle I'm in, and I don't even can't, I'm so confused, I don't know what's going on. And I think, guess what? You're listening to me speak tonight. You know why? Because God has already shown he's able to keep you through the deepest and darkest place in your life because we serve a mighty God. Some of you went through some financial places and you're saying, hey, pastor, I don't know how in the world we're going to be able to pay our rent. I don't know how we're going to pay our bills. I don't have any clue. We can't get a job the way to do it. And today you stand in the house of God in your house. You stay here tonight knowing that you got a job tomorrow. Why? Because God's already revealed himself as a provider. God has already worked miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle here at the Palace of Praise. There's some of you in your relationships, you've been having major battles because the enemy is trying to be splitting you up, but tonight you stand together in the house of God. It's not about you. It's about a God that gave you that victory there, gave you that victory there. You know why? Because God is trying to get the Palace of Praise ready for the big one. God is trying to get us ready to end those souls to the kingdom of God. See, if we don't believe, if we don't believe, if we don't believe, 
then we see those little chariots of iron coming our way, we're going to be intimidated and we're going to lose. So it's important when those people walk in these doors bound with drugs and alcohol and addictions and things in their life, they, they are, those are chariots of iron to them. They are things that they can't get their mind away how they're ever going to win victory over that or how they're ever going to beat that. But then if we can have some of you walk up to them and lay your hands on them again to pray and say, I can tell you what, there was a stronghold in my, in my life. It was the mountain, but God gave me victory by driving that thing out of my life life and if he did that who cares about the chariots of iron God said I would give him deliverance I will break every chain I'll break every fetter I'll give you victory I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost if we're going to have revival it's going to be help it's going to require some of us to get ready for the big one we need to start believing God that it's not going to be a Bible study of one but it's a Bible study of five. It's a Bible study of ten. That we're, Some of you are not raising your hands and saying amen. It's because you need to look and see what God has already done. And he's able. He is more than able. He's more than able. I want to ask you tonight. What will you believe God for? How, how big is your faith tonight? And are you going to be intimidated any longer because you won't testify and witness at work and reach to your family because you're being intimidated and pushed into a box because to them, that's, a, that's an iron, to you, that's an iron chariot. I challenge you tonight. These altars are open. Some of you that are in the middle of some of your battles, my God can give you deliverance tonight and God can give you the strength tonight because if God can help you in the little battles, I don't care how big the battle is, God can help you tonight in the house of God. These altars are open if somebody wants to come right now. There's some things you want to put on the altar tonight and say, God, I know you've done it in the past and I believe you tonight. You're going to do it in the future. There is nothing, God, too great for you. There's nothing too big for you, God. Lord, I believe in you, God, and getting ready for the big one, God. I'm getting ready, Lord, for souls to be born in the kingdom of God. Lord, not one or two, but five and ten and twenty and thirty. God, I want them lined up to be baptized in Jesus' name. I want them lined up, God, as they're receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because I'm getting ready for the big ones. God, you already been promises to us. You already given us promises, God. Come on, somebody right now, I want you to put some things into the hand of God right now. I want you to really pray and believe, God. You can't do it on your own, but your God can do it. Get your eyes off the iron chariots. Get your eyes off the things that look impossible. And let God reveal Himself. He's already given you a promise. God's going to take care of you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is yes, God is greater. God is stronger. Yes. Come on, believe God. Yeah, it's a big problem right now, but God is great.
Oh, put your arms, your hands into the air and see God's face. God wants to give you the mountain. God wants to give you the chariots of earth. God wants to give you complete victory. God wants to work it out. God wants to do it.
us. And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, and who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? What can stand against? Our God is greater. He's stronger. God. I don't think things happen by accident. Can you say amen to that? That's the reason why in that story, God never had to take the wheels off the chariots of the Egyptians. God could have stopped them without ever doing that. But God had to know something greater than what his people knew and said, I want you to have something you can refer back to, so I'm going to do something that's going to look really crazy. Can you vision this? They're beating those horses and driving them fast, and all of a sudden the, the wheels pop off the chariots. It's God showing that if I can do it there, I'm building faith for something that's bigger for you down there. Do you realize he gave them the mountain? What's the mountain? It's the high ground. God gave him the high ground before he sent him down to face the valley. He's already given some of you the high ground. God didn't give you the low ground. God's gave you the high ground. He's given you the best perspective. He's given you the best viewpoint. He's given you the best things through the Holy Ghost. Don't lose faith in God. Get ready for the big one. Some of you better get ready for your family. You say you've been saying that. It's going to happen. Can we thank the Lord for what we felt today and for his word tonight? God, thank you, Lord, for touching us today, God. Thank you for, Lord, allowing us to be in your house. And thank you for every soul that has been in this house today. Thank you for our children and young people, moms and dads and elders that are in the house tonight. Thank you, God, for bringing us into this house. Thank you for dealing with us. Thank you, Lord, for our worship this morning and tonight. Thank you, God, for letting us know, Lord, you're going to fight, God, for us. Lord, you're going to be with us, God. And who, oh, God, can be victorious over us, Lord, when you fight for us.
Thank you, God, for reaffirming your word tonight, God. And Lord, encourage this people, I pray. Build up their minds and hearts and their faith in you. For you said faith cometh by hearing and hearing, Lord, by your word. And tonight we preached it, God. Lead us and guide us, Lord, in this week, God. Give us faith, Lord, to seize every opportunity, God. Help us to be a light that is set on a hill. Help us, Lord, I pray, to reach for the lost, God, in our community, Lord, in our job, our family, every opportunity. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in the name of Jesus. And somebody say amen. I hope you've been blessed today by being in the house of God. We will have Bible study on Wednesday night, the Lord willing. And by the Lord helping us, we will be teaching another Bible study. Hallelujah. Those that missed on Wednesday night, I think you should probably get that Bible study or at least the leaflet because it's, it's just getting God involved in our life and we need God involved in our life. I need to see those that are planning on go to camp. Again, continue to pray for Amanda and Paige as they're on their AY trip. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. It's great to have all of our guests tonight. God